What's cracking, family? It's your man Kmart. Welcome back to another episode of the 310 Podcast. Well, we've sure have taken an interesting turn since the last time we were together. Um, definitely gonna talk about what's going on with these NBA Finals with the uh, LA Lakers and the Miami Heat. Right now, we're at 3-2, heading into Game Six tomorrow. Can't wait for it. Should be very interesting. We're definitely going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about getting to uh, some NFL. Just kind of talk about, just kind of highlighting a couple games going on. That'll be going on tomorrow. But yeah, but if you want to get in contact with the show, hit me up at the310podcast at gmail.com. And so with that being said, hey, we're about to get, let's get to it. And so the last time I left, left you guys, hey, LA was up two games to one. And we're pretty much just discussing, hey, who's going to win the finals MVP? Braun or AD. So, jumping right. So, let's jump right back into the series. Hey, game three, um, Miami was quote unquote the home team, and they kind of they got back into the series with a 115 104 victory behind a monster performance by Jimmy Butler, who had a 40 point triple double with 10 rebounds and 13 assists. I mean, one of the things that I wanted to see from Miami and need, they needed to do was get off to a fast start and they jumped out 20 to nine. However, the Lakers, they closed the first quarter with, um, with the score 26, 23 favor Miami. However, there was, there was a little bit of an interesting exchange that happened after the first quarter between LeBron James and Jimmy Butler. And, you saw where LeBron was yapping at, um, said some words towards Jimmy, saying, echoing the words is, y'all in trouble. And you can see him kind of mouthing off a little bit. But, you know, hey, we'll get into that a little bit later on because that's definitely going to be a main, um, a talking point a little later um, at the end of the game. Um, one of the things that the Lakers, I've rarely have seen especially through, uh, during the playoffs was the fact that AD got himself into early foul trouble. Typically he's been pretty good with getting up with his fouls. Um, he got his third uh, foul like in the second quarter and which put him on the bench. One of the things like LeBron, he definitely did his part to kind of keep the team afloat. But um, overall, I mean, the game was pretty much close throughout Miami. They, Miami had the lead, but it was just one of those things where you just kind of sit back and just wait and just because you know the Lakers are going to hit them with a run. And so um, the Lakers, they definitely got some key contributions from players such as Rondo, KCP, Markeith Morris, Kyle Kuzma. They, each of them would, would uh, step up from time to time and hit like a timely three or get a key rebound or, or things like that. Um, however, me, hey, not just LA, but Miami, they also got key contributions. I mean, they got uh, players that stepped up, such as Kelly Olinick, uh, Duncan Robinson, and of course, Tyler Hero, who's kind of become a folk legend um, during these playoffs. Uh, one of the things that I did like, especially in the fourth quarter, how they used Miami used Jimmy Butler in the high pick and roll, which got him um, locked up in some mismatches, like with KCP and some other some other players, and he was able to take advantage of that. And he even went at LeBron, and 
one of the things that had me, it was a pretty much a nip and tough fourth quarter. Uh, like I said, Jimmy refused, was refusing to lose, and he was hitting big shot after big shot. And this will definitely be happen again a little later on in this series. I'll get to that in a moment. But um, the Lakers, from that point, and from there was a point where the Lakers kind of seized control. Um, and it was a minor, it was a minor lead, but in Miami, um, they were able to kind of snatch back the lead and with the heat up by seven, um, and pretty much the, on the clock winding down, Tyler Hero pretty much all pretty much effectively ended the game with a clutch three point play. And I will say this, Laker fans, they could be some sore losers at times. Because after that three-point play, Tyler Hero, he he did like a little snarl, like how LeBron did it during the Portland series or when he's locked in or how Kobe famously did it during the uh, the 2009 playoffs. And that was kind of like, like his little battle grin when he was locked in and ready to go. Tyler Hero did his, and Laker fan, of course, got they – were, they were all in a butt-hurting in their feelings, but – one thing, I mean, one thing you, I don't know if like if you ever noticed is that Laker fans like they don't say nothing with LeBron. He flexes after a big three point play, or he starts yapping after he hits a hits a shot or anything like that, or or like when AD catches like a lob or hits or it hits like a a clutch fadeaway or a clutch three pointer. I mean, yeah, like he, they'll like start yapping and they'll kind of make their faces. Nobody, Laker fans, they don't say nothing about that. However, once it's done to them, it's like, oh, oh, you, oh, that's how it is. You're trash talking. It's like, dude, knock it off, man. Y'all are so salty, man. Whenever somebody pulls a you on you, man, if y'all don't stop it, I mean, it ain't no fun when the rabbit has a gun. I swear, man, Laker fans and Bron fans, they're so funny. <laughs> anyway, going back to the early chatter between Jimmy and LeBron. Um, after one of Jimmy's uh, shots in the fourth quarter, you can hear him kind of mouthing back, saying, y'all in trouble, y'all in trouble. And, of course, like I said, going back to Laker fan, they were all crying, saying, oh, Jimmy, you trash talking, but you down 2-0. Well, you're, you're, only, you're down 2-1 and stuff like that. Or who are you to mouth off to LeBron? Jimmy kind of – and during, like, the press conference, Jimmy – he. Of course, that was that was asked, and Jimmy he said, "Look, he he said it to me earlier. Um, of course, I'm not gonna just let somebody just sit back and just talk trash to me. And you can look on tape, LeBron. You actually see the mouth LeBron actually mouthing it off. Y'all in trouble. Y'all in trouble. And my thing is though, it's like when players like Jimmy or something like that, like they 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 start talking or they're boisterous with their behavior. It's like Fans like they want they want these athletes to be like robots. They want them to play the game, but yet they don't want them to show no type of like emotions. Kind of like the old Barry Sanders syndrome. It's like oh, act like you've been there before. And not and not every athlete is like that. It's like man, it takes emotion to play this game. I mean, man, you think about it, you putting out all the hard work and the heart and the hours to to perfect this craft. Heck yeah, man, I'm all about celebrating. That's like with pro football, allow the football, uh, the end zone celebrations to come back. But honestly, Laker fans, man, 
grab a bottle, sit in your crib. My gosh, man, y'all whine about everything. And then, of course, one of the things, uh, a major turn of events that, that took place was LeBron walking off the court with like about two seconds left on the clock. And honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to really make a big deal about that. It's like it is what it is. But, I mean, true, yeah, it did kind of delay the game for a second. So, of course, everybody's going to kind of look at that. But, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to really hit him for that. It is what it is. Um, but I find it funny how his Le- LeBron's clan, in a sense, the bronsexuals or things like that, they were all trying to nitpick and say, oh, and I remember one in particular, Just I'm just kind of scrolling through Twitter and – one found a picture, well, one found one of Michael Jordan leaving the court early. Mind you, this, mind you, he was ejected, so he had to leave the game early. It was, and mind you, this was a game, I think I talked about it um, during my last dance uh, uh, reviews. It was a game in Utah, 1992, in, well, February 1992 in Utah. Um, it was a triple overtime um, Jeff Malone was coming down court with time winding down against Michael Jordan, who was backpedaling. It looked like Jordan stripped him, but he was called for a foul. Jordan got upset. He was arguing with the ref, accidentally bumped him, and he was tossed. And so it's like, dude, you're really going to bring that into the equation? That's why it's like, man, like some of these, some of these fans are just straight up idiots. It's like they, they try, they try to pick they try to pick and choose something to kind of fit their narrative, which was a stupid narrative in the first place. Anyway, I digress. I just want to just let you guys know what some of the some of the idiots in the in the Twitterverse were talking about. Anyway, so um, yeah, like I said, going back to Brian. I mean, I know I saw people kind of make a big deal about it. I'm not I'm not really gonna harp on that too much. It is what it is. I mean, that I'm not gonna let that overshadow. Um, the excellent performance that Jimmy Butler showed in game number three. But overall, I mean, it was a great performance by Miami to get back into the series. Like I said, with JB's masterful 40-point triple-double game, um, who, for Miami, who was missing Gordon Dragic, Dragic and Bam Adebayo. Uh, um, um, this was definitely a team win and a much-needed win for them. So now we move on to game number four. And usually, typically, during the NBA Finals, game four is like the critical one. And that's typically where you get your best games, your best game at. Um, the Heat, they got some good news with the return of Bam Adebayo. Um, however, it wasn't enough. As Bron and AD combined for 50 points together as the Lakers took a commanded 3-1 lead. Um, the Lakers, one of the things, like, they've been getting very solid contributions from, uh, like, Catavius Caldwell-Pope, um, Alex Caruso, um, at times Kyle Kuzma, and sometimes, and at times Danny Green, um, but honestly, I will say, uh, KCP has been arguably, like, their, their most consistent role player off the, um, in the, um, out of, outside of LeBron and AD. Um, but overall, I mean, this game was a game for the taking for Miami. I mean, it was close throughout. Um, they were getting a lot of the shots that they wanted. It pretty much had the lead midway, um, probably like midway through to midway through the third quarter where the Lakers kind of started their dominance. Um, like I said, it was just really just too much for 
the Lakers for the Heat to overcome. Um, the last show, one of the things I talked about um, was, of course, like the finals MVP between LeBron and AD. Um, however, I mean, I was thinking, um, pretty much like last show, I was thinking like, yeah, AD had a very, AD had a very strong grip on the MVP um, MVP award for this series. However, over the last couple games, like LeBron has definitely spearheaded the Lakers attack, especially when AD has either went down with like a minor injury or was in foul trouble. Uh, LeBron pretty much has been spearheading the attack. Um, but but one of the things that um, that I like was is AD's his ability to match up against any type of player on the court. And one of the things he did was match up against Jimmy Butler down the stretch, which pretty much prevented Jimmy from exploding like he did in game number uh, game number three. Um, pretty much held him to and pretty much the Lakers in in general held Jimmy to. Um, eight out of seventeen from the field for like for about twenty two points. So one of the things that yeah is that and especially with AD, I mean, he definitely came up clutch with a with a huge three point to pretty much all of her wrap it up. And so pretty much the Lakers they're up three games to one. Uh, this is the thirtieth thirty sixth time that a team has had a three one lead in the finals. 35 of those times the team has went on to win the whole thing. The only exception, of course, was the 2016 Golden State Warriors who lost the 3-1 lead to LeBron and the Cavaliers. And we move on to game number five. And honestly, me going into this game, I mean, pretty much it was just a battle who was going to win the MVP between LeBron and AD. Um, The Lakers were also looking to make um, it's claimed to championship number 17, which would tie the Boston Celtics for most in NBA history. Um, AD was looking to capture his first NBA title while LeBron was looking to up his final record to four and six while winning his um, his third title with his third different team and arguably staking his claim is into the pantheon of the, all NBA, of the NBA all-time greats. I mean, he's already there. Um, I know a lot of his clan are stating that this would be his triumphant win right here and arguably place him in the quote unquote goat conversation goat conversation between him and Michael Jordan. Um, I'll save that conversation for after the series because hey, so many things can happen and I'll have a breakdown and give you my point of view in terms of LeBron in the GOAT debate against Michael Jordan. Um, but um, the main thing, though, is, hey, they're going to win the title. Also, they will also want to, quote, do it for Kobe. I mean, they broke out the the Mamba jerseys, of course, the black Mamba jerseys. And it's funny, though. It's like I was thinking at one point during the playoffs, and I'm thinking, like, if they get a chance to win the title, what watch they try to do in in the Mama jersey to pay homage to Kobe? But um, yeah, once again the Lakers they got a solid contribution contribution from KCP who got to a blazing start. Um, he's been like I said he's been like I said he's been the most consistent player outside of um, LeBron and AD. Kuzma has, has had his shares of struggles throughout this series and you know, during the playoffs. Um, 
But I will say this before the champagne drops or the and the course popping and the announcement and the coordination of the Lakers, one thing stood of the way. The Miami Heat. The Heat played inspired ball during game five. Um I haven't seen I've I've seen a lot of NBA Finals games, and I you rarely see teams that are looking down the proverbial barrel of a shotgun to rise up and stave off eliminations. I mean, I can name about five teams that are facing three one deficits somehow, some way, facing extraordinary odds come come uh, rise from the dead and win that game to extend the series. I mean, first, I mean, hey. The 93 Suns, um, they were down 3-1 in Chicago. Um, Phoenix, they kind of had like their rallying cry, save the city, because they because they, they knew if Chicago was to win a third title, I mean, hey, they figured Chicago, the residents of the city would just burn the city down, and arguably Phoenix played their best game of the playoffs, game five against the Bulls. They dominated pretty much from start to finish, and pretty much sent the series back to the to Phoenix, another game, um, 1998, and um, Utah. They were down three-one to Chicago. Um, they they pretty much had a tough time uh, solving Chicago's defense. And one of the one of their rallying cries is, "Well, Carl Malone's was he he loves Michael Jordan. He enjoys he enjoys watching him play. He enjoys competing against him." However, he doesn't want him to retire after this game. He wanted one more game against them. And Utah and arguably Carl Malone came up with arguably, in my opinion, his greatest game, especially considering the circumstances. I mean, he had like 40 point games, 50 point games. But to have the second half and overall game that he did during game five was truly, truly remarkable. And so once again, Utah stayed off elimination. And to send the series back to Phoenix. Um, another series similar was um, Detroit in um, the in the 2005 uh, NBA Finals between the Pistons and the Spurs. Now this series was a two-two series. However, um, Detroit lost um, the fifth game um, on their home f- uh, on on their home floor, which was the iconic Robert Ory three-pointer, and the series went back to San Antonio for game six. From there, Detroit dominated game six. They dominated. They stayed off elimination with an inspiring effort. They pretty much all hands were on deck, and they were able to pull it out. Um, another one, most memorable, the 2016 finals with um, Cleveland and Golden State. Um, that's the game when um, they're down 3-1 going back to Golden State with Draymond suspended. That's the game Kyrie and LeBron went for uh, 40 points each to stay off elimination. And finally, of course, last year, um, Golden State was down 3-1 going to Toronto. And pretty much, and that was the game where KD snapped his Achilles. And somehow, some way, I mean, after Kawhi had like that tour run towards the end, Golden State was able to pull that out and ultimately send the series back to Golden State. Um, those five teams or four of those five teams eventually lost the finals. Um, but 
the thing the thing that that all the team all those teams has that they showed hard kind of like how Miami did. I mean, of course, the exception was the the 2016 Cavaliers, but anyway, um, Miami of course saved off elimination um, by an inspiring effort from Jimmy Butler. He had 35, and at certain points during the fourth quarter, I mean, you could tell he was exhausted. I mean, because he was just constantly taking the ball to the basket. He was playing defense on LeBron, and which is tiring in itself anyway. But, I mean, he had to carry the um, the load on the offensive end. And for some, some, somehow, somewhere, he was able to keep his concentration down by knocking down multiple free throws down the stretch. And, like I said, it wasn't just my um, Jimmy Butler – um, who pretty much stepped up. I mean, Miami got some some great performances out of Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn. Um, and matter of fact, all five starters hit double figures. And in terms of the Lakers, uh, they definitely caught a scare in the first half. Um, and Laker fans all across the world damn near had a heart attack when AD went down with a heel injury. And it's funny, like, people were assuming the worst, thinking, no, it's a, an Achilles tear, and he's done, but no, I mean, he he was down for a minute, but he came back, but um, overall, I mean, he had, a, he had a solid performance despite the heel injury with 28, LeBron had a marvelous 40-point game, I mean, he played, this is, I opinion, this is probably his best game of the playoffs, especially with the circumstances, I mean, he was locked in from three, he was playing very well controlled, he was trying to control the tempo, um, just couldn't get it done though. Um, but like I said, I mean, like I said, Jimmy was the man down the stretch, hitting big shot after big shot, clutch free throw after clutch free throw. And like I said, we're doing that while looking exhausted. So the game came down to the wire. Miami was up, uh, 109, 108. Lakers had the ball with a chance to win. And of course you, the ball is going to, of course, be in LeBron's hands. Um, Miami tried to double with um, Duncan Robinson, but LeBron kind of spent kind of went the other direction, head down, head um, head down the right side of, of the lane towards the basket, got into the air, kicked it out, which I mean, of course he made the correct basketball play, and he he hit Danny Green wide open at the, at the top of the key. Now Danny Green has not been the most reliable Laker player uh, during this year's playoffs, and he barely front rimmed that three-pointer and of course and then Marcus uh, Marquise Morris got the rebound got the offensive rebound Anthony Davis um did have an opening under the basket but Marquise Morris overthrew him and pretty much ball went out of bounds with like 2.2 seconds left with and Miami, uh, Jimmy, um, I believe it was Jimmy Butler knocked down um, some more free throws to put him up three, and of course the game ended with LeBron taking a half court heave, which which drew air ball. And with that being said, hey, the Miami Heat they saved off the elimination for one game, and to live and to live another uh, to fight another day. In terms of LeBron passing. Um, He's caught. He caught. Um, he caught a little bit of slack about that from kind of like from the Twitter universe. Um, I'm kind of. I kind of have feel some type of way. Well, I'm kind of like in the middle in a sense because, of course, yes, he definitely made the correct basketball play. 
getting his teammates, uh, getting uh, kicking the ball out to his teammates who was wide open. Um, like I said, I mean, Danny Green hasn't been the most reliable player. However, however, he was open. And, of course, hey, you're a professional. Hey, you're paid to knock down the shot. Of course, he missed. Um, now, what, now, would, would Brian would have been justified by taking the shot? Definitely. Definitely. Because, for one, the game that he was having, I mean, he was playing very well. He was shooting the ball very well. Honestly, I mean, one of the things, I mean, he could have maybe went up for, like, maybe, like, the the one-hand floater that he that he'll typically do from that side, maybe try to bank it in, or maybe not fully go all the way to the basket, but maybe go for that mid like that mid-range jumper, um, kind of like similar to the play that he had against San Antonio in Game Seven, where he was playing he was one on he was one on one against Kawhi at the top of the key, kind of broke him down a little bit, kind of got into kind of like where like the like inside the three around to the little bit up from the three uh, from the free throw line and kind of hit a jump uh close jumper definitely i mean definitely could see i definitely would have liked to see him do it but honestly i mean i'm not really gonna trash him on on kicking it out because like i mean it was the correct basketball player you're supposed to hit your teammates but hey um it didn't happen and so <laughs> laker fans right now they are heated they are heated at Danny Green right now, to the point where I I seen a couple of them. Um, they were sending like kind of death threats to his wife and stuff like that, which is not cool whatsoever. Come on now, I mean, it's not that serious. I mean, too, yeah, you want to win the title, but come on now, not threaten the, the man's family. So, um, with that being said, hey, look, I mean, we got Game Six coming on later on to uh, later on uh, tomorrow, and. Hey, it should be another good one. I can't wait. All right, we got another hard-hitting NFL weekend, week five. Uh, a couple games that I did want to highlight. Um, we got the uh, the Raiders going to Arrowhead to face the Chiefs, um, longtime rivals. Uh, this is going to be, honestly, I expect – Kansas City to kind of mollywop Oakland. I mean, right now, Kansas City's playing very well. Um, Patrick Mahomes is pretty much on another level. Um, the reigning Super Bowl MVP, um, right now, their offense has been virtually unstoppable. And you saw what Buffalo did toward to Kansas City um, last week. They were able to kind of pretty much in the second half kind of assert their dominance and pull out a victory. Um Right now, the main thing I would say is that, I mean, what Oakland, well, well, let me not say Oakland, Las Vegas, what they're basically what they're going to try to do is trying to play time of possession because really with Kansas City, you definitely have to keep them off the field. Um, so they're going to utilize, the, Josh Jacobs is going to get heavily utilized this game. Derek Carr just cannot make, uh, cannot, um, have any turnovers because you get this defense and mind you can't see defense has played well this season. Um, if you get them a short field, they will, um, they will murder you. And so I have, um, Kansas city pulling this game out. Um, another game that I wanted to, um, definitely take a look at is the Cowboys and, um, Giants game. This is of course a game within the NFC least. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> the Giants are 0-4. Dallas is 1-3. A lot going on. A lot to say about Dallas. Um, their defense is atrocious. And one of the things that kind of bit Dallas in the butt was them trying to be slick and sabotage and by trying to sabotage the Philadelphia Eagles. Because as as we know, going back to the draft, one of Dallas's main concerns and their one of their big needs was the quarterback position. They did not need another wide receiver, but they saw C.D. Lamb fall. They know they knew the Eagles need, uh, were in need of a wide receiver. So of course, Jerry Jones, with that slick look on his face, he took C.D. Lamb and just bypassed cor- um, one of the um, uh, a legitimate corner that could have definitely gave um, assisted them, but. But with that move right there, their defense has been straight up booty butt garbage. And <laughs> I mean, you I mean you just just look at the games that they've played this season. I mean, aside from the Rams game, which I mean for the most part was kind of it was kind of a low scoring game, it was a twenty seventeen win. I mean, that was basically just due to the fact that I mean there was no preseason. I mean, you look at it, week two. I mean, Atlanta scores 39. We three. Um, you go back and look at it. Seattle scores 38. Last week, Cleveland scores 49 against them. My gosh. That is straight up horrible. I mean, and I will say this. This game might be the perfect get right game because the Giants, of course, they don't have Saquon Barkley. Um, they're missing. They're they're banged up. I think uh, their coach Joe, um, Joe Judge is kind of over his head on this one. Like I said, I mean, I expect Dallas to win this game. Uh, this game is at home. Uh, like I said, I just don't think the Giants have enough firepower to keep up with Dallas because Dak is off to a great start. I mean, despite him um, turning the ball over a lot, but I mean, he's passed. He's pretty much average. The Cowboys, as a team, is average over, averaging over 500 yards of of total offense. Um, they haven't totally got Zeke started yet, but I, but you know it's coming. You you know Zeke is going to start kind of getting that revving that injured up and kind of get kind of get things moving. So um, I expect Dallas to win uh, to bounce back and win this game. Um, and pretty much from that point on, um, we um, there were some issues with COVID um, last week. So um, the Broncos and Patriots game, that game has been moved to um, this is gonna, we're going to have another Monday night football doubleheader as well as um, and then also with the Patriots, they're definitely going to be without Stefan Gilmore, who contracted COVID. Ugh. That definitely sucks, and then that along with Cam Newton, it's not not a good look. But they should have enough to beat Denver. And then you have the game between the Titans and Bills. Um, of course, the Titans they've been they've definitely been in the news lately with um, people and players and people from their facility testing positive for COVID. The facility had to be shut down. However, the Titans. Um, Participated in um, participated in a practice like at a school um, at a school football field, which definitely the league definitely frowned upon because it's like, dude, you guys have kind of like been like the poster boy of COVID, man. 
when we say don't practice, don't practice. So, um, so, but that game is going to uh, take place on Tuesday. So, I mean, a lot of fan, uh, fantasy implications and a lot of fantasy teams are going to be saved just off the fact that the league has moved the games um, to Monday, um, Monday night, Monday and Tuesday. And, but my thing is though, it's like, I'm, this thing is only going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, luckily enough, I mean, the league has been able to kind of kind of fandangle their way into kind of manipulating the schedule. But, I mean, my thing is though, what's going to happen later on down the line or into the playoffs. Um, they, the league, they have to find a way to kind of get a bubble somehow, some way to kind of protect these players, especially if they want the season to continue and to conclude um yeah i mean it's looking like maybe we're gonna have a possibly have a super bowl or playoffs without any fans and that definitely sucks i know pitts i know uh, the state of pennsylvania they started to kind of open some things up i know the sealers uh in eagles game tomorrow is supposed to have some fans i know the eagles are now going to be allowed to have fans when they return home so that's definitely going to be a good thing and so um, with that being said, hey, that brings us to a close for another episode of the 310 Podcast. Um, if you want to get in contact with the show, hit me up at the 310 Podcast at gmail.com. Um, shoot me um, shoot me a review if you can, or hey, uh, hit me up with those five stars. Hey, those, those stars definitely help the show kind of move us up in the categories. Um, if also me for my Eagles fans or anybody who wants to learn about the Eagles, hey, I do have another show. It's called the Eagles Own, um, the Eagles Own Podcast, and so definitely hit that up as well. That's on Anchor, and that's going to be moving to um, a lot more platforms very soon. So, hey, with that being said, I'm your man K Mart. I will catch up with you later. Peace.